Uh, this morning, we're, um, we're continuing a series called Road Trip Songs. Uh, and the idea is there's this group of psalms that are called the Psalms of Ascent. And they were psalms that pilgrims actually sang as they were making their way to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. And so they, they literally were road trip songs. And so we're gonna, we've been looking at them and uh, talking about how we can add them to our playlist as we go through life and what a difference they make. And so that's why uh, you see all the CDs and everything. It's just kind of, you know, a reminder, this is road trip. Um, some people are a little confused. It's not a disco theme or anything like that. Um, it's just to remind us that we're on this road trip together. So uh, let me read to you Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. And then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. And those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. You know, I imagine as the pilgrims were walking uh, on that long, dusty road and had been walking for days on their way to Jerusalem, uh, there was probably, you know, at times a little um, complaining that, that went on because uh, they got tired and their feet hurt. And somebody said, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little too old to walk in this kind of heat. And uh, somebody said, the roads used to be in better shape. And then somebody, of course, said, are we there yet? And then somebody said, hey, you remember that time a few years ago when we were all going together to Jerusalem and Uncle Moshe got lost? <laughs> and everybody was really worried, but then we found him and it was a funny story and everybody laughed and, and everybody thought it was, it was great. And then somebody started singing this song. And they all joined in. Because this is, is a song about joy. It's, it's a song about joy uh, remembered and joy anticipated. But it's a song about joy. And we don't, um, we don't talk much in church about joy. And I, and I think maybe one of the reasons is because we don't, you know, we know that on any Sunday, some people are coming here and they're going through a really difficult time. And we don't want to make anybody feel bad or feel left out talking about joy when they're going through a difficult time. But, you know, maybe, maybe we ought to talk about it more often. Because uh, unlike happiness, you can have joy even when you are going through a difficult time. I mean, sometimes joy is what turns up as laughter while we still have tears in our eyes. And, and, you know, too often, though, religious folks are not known for their joy. Ellen Glasgow, in her autobiography, tells a story of her father, who was a very stern Christian. And she wrote, He was entirely unselfish, and in his long life, he never committed a pleasure. <laughs> but listen to the psalmist. He says, Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues with songs of joy. And you remember Paul's list of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians. Love, joy. Joy is the second one on the list, right behind love. 
joy. In the first miracle that Jesus did uh, in the Gospel of John was um, when he turned the water into wine at a wedding. And everybody brought everybody joy. Like so many of the miracles, um, they ended up in joy. They brought joy to people. Uh, and, and when we follow God, joy is a part of our life. Uh, someone said of one rabbi, his smiles were fraught with greater meaning than his sermons. <laughs> joy isn't a requirement of Christian discipleship. It is a consequence. It comes as a part of following God. And these verses that, um, you know, Eugene Peterson points out that the very center verse of this psalm is, is verse 3 that says, The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. And the two verses that come before it talk about the joy that God has given them in the past. And then the verses that follow it talk about the joy that God will bring in the future. So the whole thing is, is about joy. And um, joy remembered and joy anticipated. And when they remember all the things God has done that brought them joy, and they think about how God will bring them joy again, it brings them joy now in the present. He said our hearts are filled with joy. So on the, on the way to Jerusalem, they, they remembered these past times of joy. They remember when they were slaves in Egypt. And, and, and you know, it's more than, when I think about, you know, Israel's slavery in Egypt, or when I think about the history of slavery in our own country, it's more than I can imagine to wake up every day and be a slave. To wake up every day and know that your life is not your own, that you're going to work hard all day long and you're going to do somebody else's work. When it's over, you get nothing for it. And the people who, you know, can do whatever they want to do to you, and there's no consequences to them. I can't imagine living life like that. I, I, I bet that they regularly had dreams in which they were free. Dreaming that somebody would show up one day and say, you're, you're free to go. And so they remember that time back in Israel's history when they were slaves in Egypt. And that's exactly what happened. Moses showed up and said, you're free. You're no longer going to be slaves. And I, you can only imagine there would be laughter, there would be joy, that God set them free. And they left Egypt laughing and singing. And then the psalmist, of course, is referring to a more recent time of captivity, uh, which also helps us date the psalm. But um, the, the Assyrians had invaded Jerusalem and had taken many of the people back out, back to Babylon as prisoners of war. And they lived in concentration camps. And they had recently been set free and were able to go back to Jerusalem. And so they're remembering that and they're remembering the joy that that, that that brought to them when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. They were like those who dreamed. <laughs> Can you just see them talking about it? Remember uh, when the word came down that we could go home? Oh, we thought we were dreaming. We couldn't imagine that it was real. But it was. They let us go. We practically danced out of there. 
And then the word restored that the psalmist uses, it means more than God just gave them back their homeland and their freedom. It means that God also restored their relationship with God. So not only did they get to go home, but they felt closer to God than they had felt in a really long time. And so their mouths were filled with laughter and their tongues with songs of joy. They remembered all the times in the past that God had restored them and brought joy into their lives. It was such a big event that even the other nations noticed. <laughs> and the other nations were, were, uh, realized all these great things God had done for them, and they were saying, the Lord has done great things for them. And, you know, we, we could do the same thing this morning if we just took a moment to look back in our own lives at all the times that God brought us joy. That was just so incredible. You remember that time the test that you were worrying about came back negative? You remember the time when the surgery proved to be successful? You remember those times of accomplishment? The joy of taking pictures at graduation? And that doggone math class was a booger, but you graduated. And you got the pictures to prove it. A new job, a promotion. You achieved a goal that you had nearly given up on. There have been those days in our lives when we could not stop smiling. And we remember moments in relationships. The first time that that person that you already knew you would go to the ends of the world for said, I love you. When your child was born, when your child was baptized, when you were baptized, all these times of joy. And I'm not discounting that we have all endured some difficult things in our life. I know you have put up with some terrible things. Life is never all joy, but it's not all suffering either. And the psalmist speaks of the joy that comes in the midst and in between the hard times. There's joy too. <laughs> Don't forget the joy. And sometimes the sweetest laughter is the kind that comes while there's still tears in your eyes. Without the captivity, there would have been no restoration. And, and that's the point. It's not that your life has been one long party. The point is God has always managed to bring you times of great joy and great laughter so don't forget the joy remembering the joy gives us hope for the future that there'll be joy again and that gives us joy for the present because we rejoice in it now just thinking about some of the things God has done for us in the past caused the psalmist to say we are filled with joy and we are filled with joy Thinking about what God has done for us in the past brings us joy right now. Because if, if God has done those things in the past, then God will do them again. And we may have some difficult days in our futures. We, we know we will. But there will also be joy. There will also be times of laughter. And so the psalmist looks to the future, and he looks to the future knowing there is more joy to come. And so he says, Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. And what an image 
the streams are, are these water courses that they were dry riverbeds that ran through the desert. And for most of the year, they were dry. They were so dry and sun-baked that the beds were actually cracked. But once a year, when the rains came, the water would fill up those beds and it would rush into part of the desert. And along the banks where the water came, there were actually things turned green and there were blooms. And it was a beautiful picture. And that's the image he uses. You know, that's what it feels like when God sends this fresh water of grace in the desert times of our lives. There are blooms where we never thought there would be. And there's laughter. And there's joy. Now, the NIV translates those last two verses as if they're a promise. And a promise uh, that if you sow in sorrow, you'll reap in joy. That, that's not really a good translation. It would probably be better. Uh, he, he's, this is more of a blessing or a prayer, not a promise. So it would probably be better if, if we put the word may in there. It would read like this. May those who sow with tears reap with songs of joy. And may those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. It's, it's a prayer. It's a blessing. Now, um, when I was a child, my mother always had this huge garden. And, uh, you know, now I wish I'd paid more attention. Uh, but then I just did, you know, whatever my chores were and got out of there as quick as I could so I could go play. But I remember that, you know, when you plant in the garden, the ground is all broken up. And you put the seeds, you bury the seeds down in the dirt and get all dirty. Then you have to water them. And then, you know, that turns to mud. And in North Alabama, where I grew up, you stand out there and you've got this field that is full of dirt and mud. And then all around it's red clay. And it doesn't look very promising. And you look out at that and you wonder how, what in the world is going to ever good is going to come from this. I thought the work was hard. My mother seemed to enjoy it. And she didn't mind how desolate the place looked when we planted things because she knew that one day there would be a harvest. So you do the backbreaking work, you dig in the dirt and you, in the mud because you believe that the joy will come. And then one day it does. One day those plants start peeking up through the dirt and then they grow and then they produce blooms and then they produce vegetables and before you know it, you're out there harvesting and picking fresh vegetables to eat and when you see that first big tomato on that plant that you put out there and it's ripe and if that doesn't put a joy, if that put a, put a smile on your face, once you cut it and make that first sandwich, that will do it. Um, I just made myself hungry. So, so the psalmist's prayer is that all the hard things we do, may they result in joy. And you know, we all know the truth of this psalm. You've experienced it in your life. When you had to sow and work and do difficult things, but in the end, those things brought you great joy. You know, I was thinking years ago when I decided that I wanted to switch denominations and become an elder in the United Methodist Church, it was hard because I had to give up all my connections, 
I had to give up uh, all the relationships that I'd built through the years. I give them up in the sense that I could no longer work with people that I was used to working with. No, I, they no longer knew me. I no longer knew them. Gave up a lot of shared history. And then there was the ordination process. Years of work. A couple of hundred pages of paperwork. Many board interviews. Some requirements that I still honestly feel were just hoops to jump through. There was a lot of sewing to do. But I learned from my mother, just shut up and sew. And so I did. And now every day, I reap the harvest of that work. Every day I come to work at St. Paul, bringing sheaves with me. Because every day, there's joy. Every day there's something to laugh about. Now, there's still hard days, but there's joy. There's always joy. And so today, we come here, the psalmist reminds us to remember today all the times in the past that God has done things for us that brought us joy. Remember all the times you have laughed until you cried. And we rejoice today because of God's grace and love that, that has brought all those times to us. And we celebrate today. We celebrate that we have this time to worship. We celebrate with Alina and her baptism. All these things bring us joy today. And they will bring us joy in the years to come. <laughs> Remember your baptism and be thankful is how we say it. So today we celebrate the past. And we celebrate the present. The joy that God brings us right now. And so I also want to wish for you for the future. May every thing that you sow in tears result in laughter. May every difficult task that you struggle with end in celebration. And may every groan you ever mutter be transformed into a song of joy. Don't forget the joy.